Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 145. How's everybody doing, girls? Oh, sorry. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm like, I am. Something's not right here. <laughs> okay, let's start again. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Sorry, One, again. two, three. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 145. We're your hosts. I am Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hello, everybody. All right. So we are on the the weekend before we head out to Modesto for uh, I know. our very first convention in, what, two years? Excitement. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you guys looking, what are you guys most looking forward to of, in this com- convention? We'll start with you, Kristen. Sorry, not sorry, but I am most looking forward to partying after the end of each day. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You are not wrong. I am so looking forward to seeing old friends that we met at conventions that we haven't seen in two years and seeing what they're doing yeah. or how they've, you know, worked through this pandemic. Definitely, I'm all about the beer share. I'm, I already have like four or five uh, beers so that we could do like a little beer share. Um, um, I, You know, our, our uh, padrino or our godfather of, of uh, beer sharing is uh, Handro, yeah. so hopefully he will bring some some uh, some beer for us to try. So, um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. I, I'm looking at pictures of, like, the the, the one we had um, two years ago, I believe, where we were there. Yeah, and it just, like, every time I see the memories come up, like, I feel like it floods me with all these amazing, like, interactions and an amazing time we had. What about you, Jen? What are you looking forward to? That birria place we ate at. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one was good. I want, uh, I want another place that's just like that. Um, no, in all seriousness, though, I am going to be, I'm very excited to see everybody. Um, like, I'm, my arm is still broken, so I'm going to have very, um, uh, I'm going to be like mobile, but not very mobile. So, cause they should be hurting. Um, um, but I really can't wait to see everybody and what they've been up to and any, like the new books and stuff like that. And it's just cause like we haven't seen anybody and like most of the updates that we get have been like online. Um, uh, but sometimes some people just don't post online. So I want to know, I want the cheese man, like, Tell me what's going on in your life and give me the drama too, because I want to know. <laughs> Absolutely, um, I'm you know really looking forward to seeing a lot of people that we don't normally get to see, and um, so I'm I'm just totally super excited. At first I was super nervous, but now I'm just like really excited for it to be here, and I'm just super happy that it's next weekend. I just can't wait. Road trip. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the part that I don't want to, that I'm not looking forward to the drive. But once we're there, I'll, it'll be happy. It'll I'll be happy and it'll be cool. Yeah, because once <laughs> we get there, we're gonna have steak sandwiches. Yes, I'm excited. I'm super excited about that. I've been dreaming about that for a while. <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right, guys. Now it's time for chisme de la semana. Kristen, what do you have for us today? 
Okay, so my cheese is about Daredevil. I know that there was some speculation uh, after all of the early uh, Marvel TV shows that were on Netflix got taken off that nobody knew where they were going to go or what was going to happen to them. But shocker, they um, surfaced right onto Disney+. Plus. So if you would like to watch any of those, they're there. And... Some news broke this last week um, from, I believe it was Production Weekly, which is a um, like a, a cheesemist site uh, that provides listings of pre-production or in-production projects for film professionals. Uh, and they recently included a section for a show that simply was called Daredevil Reboot. So that is getting everybody talking about the possibility of Daredevil getting rebooted uh, and having a new show under the Disney Plus streaming uh, umbrella. And so, um, and they, everyone is um, talking about, uh, the fact that we already know that Charlie Cox is going to be returning to play Matt Murdock slash Daredevil, um, but it hasn't been clear in what kind of project the character would appear until now. So we're, it looks like we're actually going to get a full new Daredevil reboot. I'm so excited. I actually, it's so funny that you mentioned that, but yesterday in my memories, I have, yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. And in my memory board for Facebook, I have that I was watching Daredevil. And there's like a sequence that I recorded and had posted like years ago on Facebook. So it just... You know what I had that I was watching? Mm -hmm. It just came up on my yesterday too. I freaking stayed up until 3 a.m. watching Iron Fist, the original (laughs) episode. And I'm like... (laughs) Like, man, this is like, this is the stuff that people are like, man, uh, Facebook gives you memories that you don't ever want to (laughs) remember. It really does. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Um, Weren't a lot of people, like a lot of parents were like upset that they're going to have Daredevil on the Disney Plus and saying that it's not like appropriate for kids. There's some kind of like thing they they were talking about like that. No, I didn't know that. But first of all, just because it's Disney, does it mean it's appropriate for kids? Like, I don't know. It's Disney produced, but it's a Marvel TV show. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and Marvel clearly has generally, like, uh, like, what is it, the 13... I'm not sure what the rating is for teen, teen, teen plus or whatever. Mm. I don't know uh, what the actual rating is, but generally, like teens, Punisher as well. That's like Punisher right. Is even mm-hmm. yeah. If they're complaining about Daredevil, wait till the Punisher comes around, which actually is also one of those ones that is going to be on Disney. So it's all of them, right? Marvel is an iteration of Disney. It's a it's a imprint now. It's a property, mm-hmm. and they have their own stuff. Like there's a lot of things on Disney now that are like documentaries and stuff like that. That I don't know. Exactly, might be a little bit more mature. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope they don't censor any of the shows. That's for sure. So I, I, you know, I've already seen them, but like I want the ability to be able to go back if I wanted to and watch them again. I mean, God. I can't even tell you how many times I've watched Felicity uh, as a whole thing. Really? Oh, gosh, yeah. I must have watched it like five times. 
Oh, yeah. Like, if parents are upset about that, one, like, you can control what your child watches. Two, or man, like, let it be the fucking, like, early 2000s wild fucking west out there. I was watching <laughs> bullshit that I shouldn't have been when I was, like, when I was really young. Did my mom know? No, because she didn't fucking know English. So, here we are. <laughs> I watched exactly. a lot of things. So, look, no. you're, you either, like, you're gonna be on top of it as a parent, or, like, you shouldn't depend on these companies to, like, do this shit for you, because... They've already provided the, the thing about like, uh, like putting the age ratings. Now it's your fucking job as a parent to either like control what your kid watches or let them go wild. Exactly. All right, guys. Now it's time for on my radar, and that sounded weird. On my radar, Kristen, what is on your radar? <laughs> Okay, so on my radar this week is uh, this book that is going to, uh, was just announced, is going to be coming out. And it it, it caught my eye because it is being co-written by um, a star of Schitt's Creek. Um, If you are a fan of that TV show like I am, then you know the character of Stevie was played by Emily Hampshire, and she is going to release her first graphic novel. It's going to be called Amelia Airwood, Basic Witch. And so um, she's going to be producing it, um, write, writing it in production and partnership with Z2 Comics, and it's going to come out in August. Um, so basically, it's going to be co-written by Elliot Rahal, um, and the graphic novel is going to tell the story of Amelia, the least favorite daughter of LA's most famous family of witches, the Airwoods. So basically, think Kardashians of the witch world. She's a so-so spellcaster who would rather eat Pop-Tarts while listening to murder podcasts (laughs) than be a reality star. Uh, And so while Amelia's sisters have followed in the footsteps of their prominent parents, everything she does is just a little off, like not really good enough. So as a late bloomer who has yet to find her calling, Amelia uses her powers for mostly mundane things, but even those lead to magical misfires. Example, the unfashionable witch's hat that permanently got stuck to her head. So (laughs) this sounds like a really cool, cute YA book. And I just really think it's cool uh, that Emily is writing a graphic novel just like... um, the uh i can't remember her name now but the actress who played um daenerys on that's game of thrones right. that's right she wrote that um i forgot but yeah she wrote a comic book yeah her her comic book was was called mom but i don't remember what her name is is she also an emily i, I believe like she's, also she's an, an emily. emily yes yeah <laughs> but um i really like the fact that and like with john leguizamo um because i like the fact that stars are Um, kind of taking up this uh, medium because it gets more eyes and more attention on comic books. And as somebody who, uh, as a retailer, that definitely (laughs) brings people into the store. But also just as an overall fan of comics, we need new readers. We need more readers to keep the industry going. So when this kind of high profile star um, creates 
content like that, it's just going to be positive for the industry as a whole. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, you guys could actually look things up. Like, I know Jada Pickett-Smith wrote a comic book back in like 2000, I believe. Um, oh, and I really? never, I mean, I'm I'm going to look for it because I was like, what? She wrote a comic book. What? Um, also, um, uh, Alyssa Milano wrote Hacktivist, well, co-wrote Hacktivist. And also there's the, the dad vampire in the Twilight series. He also wrote a comic book, I think for Boom Studios. So it's really the dad vampire. Yeah, I can picture him, but I don't know. I don't remember his name. Yeah, I can't even remember his vampire name. But anyway, um, yeah, actually at San Diego Comic-Con, he was signing his book and I was able to take a picture, you know, like of myself, but he was in the background. That was fun. Right, right. <laughs> that was fun. Very attractive in real life. And I also took a picture with Alyssa Milano, actually. That was, she was signing at the comic book. So it's always exciting to see like act. Oh, I remember that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I really get excited when I see like actors or actresses like co-write a comic book because it just feels like, oh my God, they're just like us. They're nerds. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, I've been waiting for this because it's Friday. And what time is it? <laughs> es la hora de la cervecita. Oh, and yeah. today we have a beer that has been calling my name and staring me in the face since you brought it to us, Sarah. It's called Wild Country Raspberry Wheat. And for those of you not in the know, you don't know that wheats were my... Wheat beers were basically my gateway beer. And that is the beer that I started drinking to get me actually into enjoying beers. And they're very light, but very flavorful. And they're beers that generally are enjoyed. I mean, you can enjoy them year round, but generally breweries will brew them during summertime because they're lighter, they are crispier, crispier, crisper, crisper. <laughs> uh, and um not a heavy beer like for example a stout or a porter is considered more of a winter quote-unquote beer enjoy your beer whenever you want but i'm just saying uh those are the times of years that you're probably going to be most likely to find those types of uh, varieties at your local brewery so this is actually from broken tooth brewing company and uh on the on the can, it says there's just something about a hazy wheat beer on a sunny day. See? Just like I said. Wild country raspberry wheat is easy drinking and refreshing as the sweet tartness of raspberries balances with a subtle hop spiciness. You can almost imagine you're picking juicy berries in the long dog days of summer. So this is a 5.3 ABV. And uh, where is the actual... Where is... Broken Tooth Brewing Company. I thought this was one of the Alaska beers. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it is at one of the Alaska beers. It's uh, they're in. Um, they actually. Oh, it basically says fuel your next Alaskan adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they actually. Oh, Anchorage. Yes. It says right here, brewed in Anchorage. Yeah. Okay. Um, they, th this uh, place also has like a piece of, uh, so it's like a, 
God, it's sort of like a like a restaurant where you can buy food, but it's mostly pizza that their their specialty is, and they have beers, yes. like all sorts of craft the beers. The club and pizzeria is called Moose's Tooth. Yes, yes, and and the theater pub and grill is called Bear Tooth. Exactly. Um, it's actually, I think it's the the third or fourth best pizza in the United States. Uh, wow. I think, oh my god. Yeah, really? Yes. They um they have all sorts of amazing um pizzas. We actually had the chicken ranch pizza, I believe. Um it was it was suggested to it was delicious. It was so good <laughs> that uh people they are able to pack their pizzas to go on flights. Like they have a special way they pack a pizza, and I actually brought some the, uh, one pizza for my brother and 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 Jacob. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what did they think? They liked it. It was good. It was good. It was really good. But yes, they have a I don't lot know of. What it is about chicken on pizza that I just I, don't you know like. what I wasn't gonna have it, but it was a recommendation from um, Adan, who is the guy who rented us the uh, snow bikes at Pablo's bike mm. shop. Um, and so like these places, <laughs> Pablo's bike shop. I'm sorry. Even in Alaska, Pablo owns the bike shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're very diverse. So that's really, really, really awesome. And he was super, super kind and everything. And, um, actually, uh, uh, Muth's tooth is a, uh, Rocky peaks, um, in, um, in Alaska, so they're named after Rocky Peaks Mountains, like so Broken Tooth, Moose Tooth, Bear Tooth, all that stuff. The one that you said earlier today. And um, if you look at the can, um, you see that there's mountains and then they're picking berries. Yeah. There is a mountain that we went to try to see the Aurora Borealis at. And during the summer, everybody goes out there and picks berries, wild berries. They take their baskets Ooh, and they just pick. Nice. Isn't that beautiful? And this, you could see the whole Anchorage like city below you. It is just so freaking beautiful. Um it's just really amazing. So I really like the fact that this brewery like takes like things from Anchorage and uses them within their can art or even the names of the beer or even the names of the pub. So it's really, really cool. Um, it gets super busy. If you ever go, um, you can you can bet you're going to wait at least an hour to get seated. Um, wow. but it's, wow. it's worth it. Yeah. It's like super famous. Everybody that I talked to said that I should go there. Um, and we ended up going. So I was, it was a little bit of ways from where we were staying at downtown, but it was just so worth it. It was really, really good. Um, after that, we just nice. walked okay, around well, in the snow and it was great. Have, was this a beer that you've already tried while you were there? Yes. I had it in taster format because, um, I told them just give me the tasters of the beers that you have canned because I'm going to take some with me. So oh, I wanted to make yeah. sure that they were good. So anyway, let's give it a try because I, I already opened it and poured it. <laughs> I already took a drink. Smells so good. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Raspberry sorbet. I love it. Right? Wow. Right? A, That's good. It is really good. I really, really am enjoying it. All I'm missing is the pizza. I'm Raspberry sorry? Raspberry sorbet. That's what I, this is. I said all I'm missing is the pizza. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's just the genius of it. Because, I mean, if you talk to anybody, beer goes with pizza. It's like, that's the food you eat when you go drinking. It's it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I eat anything when I go drinking, but yes, pizza's yummy. Honestly. <laughs> well, thank you, Sarah, for bringing this yummy beer to us. Um, I have really enjoyed all of the Alaskan beers that you've brought, and it's really cool to, um, I know Alaska is a United State, but it just seems so far and foreign, um, and it's like <laughs> a whole kind of other world. And exciting. It is a whole other world. It's exciting and interesting to see the kinds of uh, beers that we get from, I mean, the United States, so many different cultures just within our 50 states, so... Um, thank you for expanding our beer drinking horizons. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. I mean, I when I go on trips now, like that's my go to like um, Frank and I decided to like when we travel, we're just going to take like a like a, one of those carry on bags. But uh, we definitely what we end up doing is taking one at least one um, check in bag so I could bring beer. And yeah. when we were trying to get on the <laughs> flight to come to Alaska and, and they're like, oh, you're just like three. Uh, three pounds over over the weight and so we were like fuck i'm not getting rid of the beer (laughs) i'm not getting rid of the beer um but no it was a lot of fun i ended up bringing uh halibut and salmon and uh reindeer sausage so it's really great oh that's yeah um i think we brought some elk too but i'm not sure but yeah this i mean looking at this can i just really want to go you know wild berry picking i just wow well, it, we weren't in Alaska, but when my brother lived in Oregon, in, uh, outside of Portland, we did that. We drove to a farm where you were able to pick berries, and we picked, um, oh, I think we, I don't even remember what we picked now, but we picked some sort of berries, and Eddie swears that they're the best freaking <laughs> berries he ever had in his life. I bet it's true. <laughs> but um so what do you guys think so far i mean it's really delicious i really like it a lot um are we are you asking us to rate it yes let's go ahead and rate it okay so um from our new rating system which is a five finger rating system we are um rating from number one you know what we need to actually name our other fingers but no fingers there's even no fingers um which is a sad abstinence vote um <laughs> and then one through four fingers and um five fingers is um super amazing uh act of using um your fingers and your mouth at the same time <laughs> uh so i actually am going to give it a five it's really really yummy it's a wheat beer giving me all of the tingly feelings that a five finger beer would give my taste buds because it's just so good so that's my my rating um this is sarah and i think i did a little disservice to the beer because um i wanted to capture the beer pour in the video but I had to use my hand to hold the phone, so I ended up pouring it head a lot of head, like mostly head, oh, and I think yeah. that kind of hindered the taste of this beer. Um, but even so, I I took out most of the carbonation because of the full head. I still think it's really delicious. I like the tartiness aftertaste. 
I love the subtle sweetness of it. And I love that whole like refreshing summary feel of this beer. So I'm going to give it five fingers. What about you, Jen? I'm going to give it four. Four um, fingers. Yeah, you know, that's good. That's nice. That's steady. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you don't need all five. Sometimes four is just true. enough. Um, that's true. Uh, sometimes it's a little too much. And I think this it's it's light, it's refreshing. I think this is a perfect summer kind of beer. And I really like like cuz it really does taste like like a like a raspberry sorbet or something along those lines. It's really good. Um It is very good. Uh it's not like anything that's like wow in your face like omg i've never tasted this before i think it's a very well crafted beer i think it's a very well tasting beer and i think it's a great um uh, kind of like like you could chug this or you could sip it like either way i don't know why you would chug it but it's it's pretty great <laughs> um uh, it's a great sip because you're, you're late to the party and you gotta catch up <laughs> in that case just take tequila shots um, <laughs> that's my philosophy um so i'm gonna give it four I think it's really good. You know what, Jen? I think this is one of those beers that you could actually dip your popsicle into. Lolly. Your lolly into. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, all those years ago. I mean, dark chocolate. <laughs> Ooh, is it, a, is it a good pairing? It is an excellent pairing. It's oh, like wow. really, 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 really good. So. Damn, now I want some maybe chocolate. Eat, that, maybe eat it with that. <laughs> Awesome. I really like that. So that has been our beer review, guys. All right, guys, now it's time for our book review. And what are we reviewing today, girls? So today we are reviewing a webtoon, a webtoon called As I Am. And it's written by Andrea Mejia, who is a Latina East Pacific Islander. Um, East Pacific Islander? West Pacific Islander? East Pacific Islander? Pacific Islander? I don't remember now. <laughs> it sounded weird coming out of my mouth. <laughs> um, but she um, is a web uh, creator, web comic creator, and the comic is called As I Am. And uh, the summary that she gives is... V has always struggled to fit in and has felt unworthy of making friends. When she finally makes her first friend, Wilbur, she slowly starts to realize maybe kindness and empathy was all she needed. Can those she meet along the way uh, help her realize maybe she doesn't have to be alone? This uh, comic deals with depression, mental health, and other sensitive topics and is updated twice a month so i actually found this web comic literally just by googling uh latin x web comic <laughs> and um uh, a post that andrea made on some reddit or somewhere was her basically just promoting herself uh, and her web comic so i went to webtoons and um i put it out there as an option for us to read and i really enjoyed it the art is just so basically what we're talking about here what that summary was is exactly what you get it's a slice of life book where we follow v in college 
college who uh, is in school and she is uh, in, she's a photographer. She's in photography class, um, which is kind of where we see a lot of her and how she's dealing with how her depression and anxiety and insomnia are really affecting her school. Um, so much so that she sleeps through all of her alarms and she can't get to class on time. And the teacher has basically had it. It's Mr. Fitzpatrick has had it with her. It was like, look, I thought you wanted to be here, but you're not showing me any um, initiative. You're not showing me any interest. Like seriously, like I'm I'm tired of trying with you. And she really loves photography, but her depression and her anxiety is just getting the best of her. And she, um, throughout the comic, you really see her low self-worth that she has and how she truly believes that she doesn't deserve friends and that being alone is just her lot in life. Like that's just the card she's been dealt and that's just how she's going to uh, continue existing uh, in life. And then along comes Wilbur. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. And Andrea shares in her um, her little summaries after each issue how a lot of what is being shared in these comics um, are really taken from a lot of the things that she has dealt with in her own personal life and how she really just wanted to convey to readers that people who um, suffer depression and anxiety and um, mental health issues are just people and that they deserve to be cared for and loved and have friends and just because they're dealing with these things or uh, might be going through a hard time doesn't mean that they don't want to be loved or they don't deserve it so I really enjoyed it a lot and I um I the art is just so cute it kind of borders on chibi style like art and the the colors are just so uh, soft and vibrant at the same time and I just um, really got engrossed in the story um, uh, just all around but the art itself just really lent itself to the the emotion of the story I absolutely agree with you I did not read the synopsis before I started reading it um and I just, I really fell in love with their art. Um, they are the uh, fellow Wilbur she meets in the, um, so he finds her book. And I remember distinctly, I used to draw in high school and I would refuse to show my drawings, my book, my sketchbook to anyone. And um, because it's so insecure and I just didn't feel like an artist and like all these like social anxieties kind of thing, which is what. V is suffering from as well and so mm -hmm. she doesn't feel like she's an actual artist or has any talent but she still creates these beautiful photographs and so um, when Wilbur finds the book uh, he like knows who it belongs to because he saw her but um, he kind of struggles should I look inside should I not and then two seconds later he's like looking through her books her I was her like he he contemplated it way more longer than I would. Oh, have. Heck yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he contemplated it at all. You would have just opened it. 
no exactly. no moral hesitation at all yeah. no moral question absolutely and so um the way that the artist is drawing the photographs within the art panels is amazing. I like the way she chooses to kind of make it look a little blurry. And uh, mm-hmm. so I really, really like that. Like, I feel like that was intentional and I really love it. And I uh, I love it because they get assignments, uh, photography assignments. So you get to see a lot of what the character is seeing through the lens in her artwork. I don't know if that makes sense. But so you are seeing her art representation of a photograph art within the comic panel. I know I had to let it sink in for a while. But um, but yes, I feel like it's kind of on another level of like super creative, um, a creative decision to to kind of portray the art within the art, which I really, really loved. Um, I love the way that there's sometimes there's like um kind of like um like the body or the clothes are not really defined they're kind of like almost watercolor kind of runny but then you get panels with where their face is really defined but it it's just so and then it kind of jumps into kind of like a little like anime kind of face or pose or kind of like when they're crying and they have tears in their eyes I just I think that there's so much so many levels of amazing um thought process in the art that she's putting out there like I feel like there's so many levels of art within this comic that it actually represents emotion I just really really loved it I completely loved it um, I loved how she also had like a um, a warning between uh, the yeah. story just to kind of let the reader know that this is going to deal with some kind of really sensitive issues. And I thought that was really cool. Um, the mental health warning I loved. Um, and like when Wilbur reads that little note she had in there, I was just like, what the heck is going on? Like, what is going on with her? Like... I wanted to know more, but I do feel like why she pulled away a lot from people. Um, she suffers a little bit from social anxiety, and so sometimes, like, she just blurts things out without really having like, um, kind of like a filter. A filter. So um, sometimes she kind of doesn't pull any punches on her coming, and then she gets stuck in her head, reliving that kind of thing that she's done, and so now she kind of hates herself for being mean. So, I mean, there's a lot of, like, inner monologue that I really, really like. But it doesn't only happen to her. Like, other characters within the story also, we get to read their, you know, inner thoughts and stuff. And kind of see how they are reacting to things that are happening to them because they're having this mental dialogue within themselves. And I really, really liked it because this reminded me a lot of um, how I felt about art, about school, about talking to people, about having social anxiety, about saying really weird stuff because um, you just are so kind of anxious having these conversations with people. And so I just felt like this was really spot on. I really enjoyed it. What did you think, Jen? I think you guys have said almost everything. Um <laughs> Uh, we had talked about like how far we had gotten into the comic before um, uh, we got in and Kristen read the the most 
the furthest in. Sarah, you got um, like to chapter 17? Yes. I made mm-hmm. it to about 10. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Simply because like I felt seen. And yes. I was like, mm-hmm. hmm, I don't like this feeling. So we're going to take it slow. Uh, <laughs> so that was as far as I could go before I like had to pause it down and then be like, oh, man. Like, because everything, like, all the emotions and everything, the feeling with depression and stuff like that. And it was it was all very, like, familiar. And I was just like, mm, you know what? I don't think I'm in, like, the right headspace right now to be reading something like this. Um, uh, simply because it's a little bit too similar to how I am feeling. So I was just all like, Ugh. so there is that. Um, uh, but I did enjoy it. I, the art was very simplistic, but very, like, made good use of colors. Um, and as mm-hmm. with most things, you could see the artists, like, their art progressing as, uh, mm-hmm. as like, the comic went further on. Um, um, but I enjoyed it. Like, overall, I did enjoy it. It was, it was pretty good. One of the notes that she actually makes in the beginning is, please stick with it. My art gets better, I promise. (laughs) Even then, like, it's still pretty good for, like, beginner art, too, because I've seen some truly, Mm -hmm. truly beginner art. Then, like, but they were just like, you know what? I'm going to do this no matter what, and I'm going to, like, keep doing it until, like, I've gotten better. Um, um, But it's true. It does does get better. Like, so far, so long as you don't mind it and you know that it's going to get better, you you can power through it but like even then like their art is like it's not bad it's not the worst mm-hmm. i've seen <laughs> you know that's true one of the other things that i really liked about this web comic is that she has some um fan art at the be- at the end of some of the episodes oh me too yeah. it's like yeah. that makes me want to like turn in my fan art like cuz i feel like she <laughs> Um, she acknowledges the audience, which I think is great. Also, what I really liked about her webcomic is that she takes the time to kind of promote and highlight other webtoon uh, creators and artists. So I thought that was really, really nice. So there must be some kind of like really tight-knit community within the creators of webcomics and as they like enjoy their other, each other's work, which I thought was super cool. And I also like during I guess um, holidays they do like a little mashup like of all the mm-hmm. other compatriots uh, in webtoons and I thought that was cool as well. So um, we don't really want to dive too much into the details because you should definitely check it out for yourself. It's on webtoons. It's called As I Am and it's really freaking amazing. And right now there's about thirty six um, episodes or chapters or. What do they call them? Episodes, right? Uh, yeah, I think they. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I really, like I said, I really enjoyed the heck out of it. And yes, Jen, you're absolutely right. I felt seen as well. So sometimes I had to, <laughs> like, get up and have a drink of water. Just you know, I mean, here I am, forty-five. Nope, forty-six. <laughs> you're forty-six, and I'm reliving my high school years through this comic. Um, but I think we're ready to actually rate it, guys. Uh, why don't you go first, Jen? Um, okay. I'm going to rate it, uh, well, from, and two conchas. I'm going to give it two conchas. Excellent. Uh, this is Sarah, and I'm going to give it tres conchas. I really, uh, like, on the artist's perspective, I just felt, like, so amazed at what she could accomplish with uh, the paneling of webtoons, you know, because it's, um, it has to 
be set up in such a way that you could scroll on your phone or on your computer. And I think she really maximizes the use and bringing a lot of emotion through her art. So I'm going to give it tres conchas. What about you, Kristen? Um, I really enjoyed it. I am not a deep purveyor of webcomics like Jen is. So I am not as discerning as she is because when I see one, I'm like, oh, I love it. This is the best. And then I see the next one. Oh, this one's the best. <laughs> so I'm going to give it three conchas um, because I really did enjoy it a lot. And I also think that just the format of Webtoons is so conducive to just enjoying reading comics on my phone. And that gives me such pure joy because I really generally hate reading comics digitally. But Webtoons, I think, really erases that for me so there's a little bit of that too um and i just wanted to mention that she has another web comic on webtoons that is romance called not like other boys and um the short little synopsis of that one says the sweetest girl in school accidentally befriends the edgiest boy in school but you know what they say opposites attract right so that's kind of interesting now that bachelor is over i gotta find my um my dramatic romance story somewhere <laughs> <laughs> i love that and that one's fairly new there's only like three episodes on up well actually there's three episodes up but she did them mid 2021 so she uh i don't know how far she intends to go with that one but it's a uh another one that you can read of hers on webtoons excellent all right guys well that has been our book review be sure to check that out on webtoons it's free to read but please be sure to like um and heart the comic if you like it because it really helps out the creators um also she has a patreon so check that out as well on webtoons um so that has been our book review <laughs> All right, now it's time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today, I have something for you called The Boy with Nails for Eyes, a Ooh. fantastical fever dream of a dystopian graphic novel by Sean Gardner. So this is being um, uh, like kickstarted and published by Cast Iron Books, which is an independent publisher. Um, and The Boy with Nails for Eyes is a 200-page Full-color original graphic novel uh, from our writer and artist Sean Gardner. Um, um, and it the artwork gives me very strong, like, Dave McKeon vibes. Ooh, no, not Dave you McKeon. Got me. You um, had me, Dave McKeon. Oh, shit. I was going to say, that's all you had to say to Sarah. Yep, pretty was, much. Okay, wait. Sometimes I I confuse McKeon with McKelvey. Uh, who's oh, the okay. one who does the, like, collages, the collage art? The collage art that is the cover of Sandman, that's Dave yeah. McKeon. Okay, then never mind. I am correct. Dave McKeon. Oh, bad. Um, because uh, it has, like, kind of this, like, ghostly vibe to it that's, like, very, uh, like, very dream-esque. Uh, it looks, it looks really, really good. Um, but the, one of their, like, comparisons for it, it says it mixes the nightmarish world of Guillermo del Toro with the elaborate world building of Neil Gaiman and the artwork of Sean Ton or Dave McKeon. Uh, and this was uh, said by Pipe Dream Comics. Like, it's it's so... It's so, like, dreamy and dreary. It looks like... 
it almost looks like devil's backbone a little bit from the artwork that we see like that's the setting that it's in uh and not only that like it also like it gives me super strong kind of like the corinthian like from sandman (gasps) kind of vibes yeah it's it looks amazing um uh, the synopsis that we kind of have here for the book is that Uh, And I'm going to now read directly from the Kickstarter page. At the edge of the ocean lies a town, a half circle of chimneys locking in on the landward side. Looking out over the thick, slow, stagnant sea, you would see the war. Vast machines striding to and fro, exchanging blows across the horizon. You would feel the earth shaking. Any day now, you might think that these great machines will cast their eyes in this direction. Any instant their gaze may lock with yours to see the rancid little town by the sea and turn lumberingly to destroy it. This is the town that seven-year-old Bobby lives in, (laughs) and Bobby has started to go mad. He has fallen in love with someone he's never seen. It's like, I love this entire synopsis. It's so... It's like it's so kind of like poetic, uh, and like kind of dreary. It's it, it sounds like really 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 cool. So you can of course support the project itself, um, um, like for no recompense. But the base pledge starts at uh, ten pounds, which is about fourteen U.S. dollars, and you get the digital edition of the book uh, at. $27 or 20 pounds, you get the hardback uh, of the book. So this is like, it's it's a it's a full-blown graphic novel. It's not an, a comic issue. It's like, it's a full book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it goes up again a little bit more to about $33 uh, and you get the bookmark edition and it keeps building up from there. The book itself, like, I think it just barely launched. It has a goal of $5,263 and it's currently about halfway at $2,572 with 53 backers and 22 days to go. I really highly recommend checking it out. It looks like a very dreamy horror filled book. So if you like any of those things, if you like Guillermo del Toro and Devil's Backbone and Neil Gaiman or like anything that's like kind of creepy vibes, I think this is a good book to pick up. The Boy with Nails for Eyes on Kickstarter. While you were describing it and reading the synopsis, I played the video with no volume on the Kickstarter. It looks amazing. I super love the color use. It's just super beautiful. I, oh my God, I am going to go Kickstarter after this episode for sure. It looks super, super cool. Thanks so much, Jen. You're welcome. All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Well, no, you are not experiencing deja vu. I am sharing with you the Latinx Comic Arts Festival all over again because it's just that amazing. And we have a little bit more information to share with you. I think we talked about the fact that there was going to be a lowrider exhibit yes. um, mm-hmm. last week. And yes. now we actually have panels to share. So 
if you do not know yet, the Latinx Comic Arts Festival is a comic art festival that is going to be happening March 25th and 26th at Modesto um, Community College. And it is going to be awesome. And the panel... Uh, schedule has been released and um, they're going to be some amazing panelists on Friday and Saturday on Friday at 12 o'clock comics production and publishing um, and it's going to be moderated by Jay Gonzo the creator of um, what's the name of his beautiful book that he just did um, A la, uh, La Mano del Destino yeah, there you go. Mano del Destino. I was like, I can I can see Mano, but I can't think of anything else. Um, and then uh, Teaching Comics and Comics Creation. And it is going to be moderated by Amber Padilla, who actually moved um, up to San Francisco out of the L.A. area. And so this is going to be the first time that we've seen her in a really long time. Um, Excellent. A panel called Artivism, which is comic art as activism, and Henry Barajas, J.M. Hunter, and Robert Lou Trujillo is going to be on that panel and is going to be moderated by none other than one of us uh, amazing co-hosts here from Commodity Comics. Um, and then... Uh, at 3 o'clock, Beyond Superheroes, Autobiography and the Possibilities of Comic Storytelling. And there is going to be Jaime Crespo and Javier Cruz Winnick. Unfortunately, Maxi Rodriguez was um, scheduled to be on that panel, but she's had some health issues that are preventing her from attending. So we wish her a speedy recovery and we'll miss her at the event. And then... Um... Actually, I, I don't. I'm sorry to interrupt, but Winnick, uh, what is it? The Cruz Winnick. How do you say his last name? The panelist. I'm sorry. Uh, the uh, oh, Javier Cruz Winnick. Uh -huh. Yes, I actually met him in Nertino. So he's coming from the oh, East Coast nice. to Modesto, oh, California. Wow. So I can't wait to see him again because I haven't seen him for two years. Uh, for two years, because when I met him was in Nertino back. I don't know, two three years in Philadelphia. So I'm super excited to see him. I know he just released oh, his third what, book. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, so I'm really excited. You know, like I said, I mean, um, the comics community is so tight-knit that now with us being so available on Zoom, there's a lot of creators that have met from across the states and just mm -hmm. uh, been very supportive in each other's projects. So I'm sorry, go ahead and continue. <laughs> okay, so uh, rounding out that day's panels... Uh, is a panel called Somos, Stories of Illness, Trauma, and Healing. And that will be moderated by Dr. Teresa Rojas, who is also the founder of the Latinx Comic Arts Festival there at Modesto City College. And then there are um, some really cool workshops happening on Saturday, and it will all culminate with a workshop uh, with a panel that is going to be with us as um, part of it. Um, Commodity Comics. Um, I don't remember exactly what the title was um, of it, but we're going to be doing the closeout panel with Teresa, and it's going to be so much fun. 
Yeah, man, that is going to be super exciting. I I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, um, geez, it's just going to, ah, it's been so long since we've been together. So for more than, yeah, actually, we haven't really been together in a long time. So I'm really excited to be with you guys and hang out and eat and drink and, and talk about our comic, <laughs> uh, comic podcast to like, new audiences so i'm very excited about that thank you so much for that juntos y fuertes and please remember guys this event is free so just yes. come on down and also just to let you know a little tidbit comadres y comics are like always going to give stuff away so come on down say hello pick up a bottle opener pick up a magnet pick up a sticker pick up a button pick up some candy we're gonna have t-shirts you and can also pick up Love and Rockets number one. We're going to have it on our table for sale there at the convention. It is a second printing, but even as a second printing, it is pretty valuable. So if you want to get your hot little hands on a Love and Rockets number one, we will have it for sale at the convention. Oh, that's going to be super awesome. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Alright guys, now it's time for saludos, and saludos goes out today to Fanbase Press. You might be wondering, why are we saludando Fanbase Press? Well, as it turns out guys, Fanbase Press is looking to feature the work of Latinx comic book creators between the ages of 18 and 30 in an upcoming digital comic book anthology, The Outstanding Young Latinx Comics Creators, OYLCC. Are you interested in submitting something? Well, Fanbase Press is, is uh, going to be exhibiting also at the Latin Comics Art Festival in Modesto on March 25th and 26th. So come on down. Um, that's another reason to come to Modesto. Uh, submissions will also be accepted online until May 1st, 2022. Uh, for full guidelines, please go to www.fanbasepress.com and... Um, make sure you submit your work i mean there's a lot of people that are like oh you know i don't see myself in comic books or um you know like i i haven't read anybody like myself in comic books well this is your chance this is your chance to submit your work that can be featured in this digital anthology and we Saludos goes out to uh, Fanbase Press because they are making this happen. They're letting people's voices be heard. And um, if you don't submit, well, then um, maybe you didn't believe in yourself strong enough. But you know what David Calvo says? You can get no's all the time, but at least one somewhere somehow will say yes. So you just hold on to hope and you just submit your story because we want to read it. So saludos again to Fanbase Press. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. You can definitely find us next thir to next Friday and Saturday in Modesto at where we'll be at a table with a lot of wonderful goodies. So please, if you're in the Modesto area or if you're just in the mood to get out of L.A. and drive somewhere, drive to Modesto <laughs> to this free event and check it out and have a good time, meet amazing people and meet us. Where else can they find us, girls? You can find us at comadacycomics.com where you can find all of our links to our social media platforms. You can always email us at comadacycomics at gmail.com. 
Absolutely. Don't forget, we have a TikTok now, which I'm super proud of because we've been putting a lot more information on there. Kristen does her uh, Tuesday um, episode where she brings light to comic books from Latinx creators and artists and from Heidi Holt. Uh, in Santa Monica at the shop so it's super cool to watch um, also we have uh, little tidbits of our beer reviews and other beers we're drinking um, it's it's a lot of fun guys and we do unboxings there as well uh, on comic books we receive through Kickstarter or just comics that creators have mailed to us so check that out um, also, please be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our latest episode of Las Platicas is an interview with Nathaniel Osoyo. And please be sure to check that out. Uh, follow his Kickstarter. It will be launching March 30th. Thank you guys so much for listening. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. And that's on period. Network. <laughs>